Welcome to Dishin' It, the Daughter and Daddy podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Regan. Daddy, daughter, Disney travel talk meets fun and friendship. Coming up on episode three of Dishin' It. All aboard with listener train mail. Cruising with the Disney Cruise Line Kids Club. Top three daughter and daddy and special guests pick their top three Disney rides. Daughter and daddy inside the park. Our special segments, Walt's Wisdom and the Extra Magic Minute. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside of the podcast at all times, because your ride is about to embark. Welcome back to Dishin' It. I'm Mike. And I'm Regan. Here we are, Regan, our episode number three of Dishin' It. And we, uh, later on in the episode, we've got a special guest joining us this uh, episode three. We do. Yeah, so Grayson is going to be joining us, and he's going to be talking a little bit about his top three rides as well. And I think he's going to join us uh, to provide a little bit of a little older perspective about the kids' clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun episode three. Yeah. Yeah. So, Regan, uh, for the listeners at home, uh, you can find Dishin' It on all the major podcast platforms, so like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and we're even on YouTube. Yes, we are! Yeah, so listeners can listen to the podcast on YouTube as well. So, Regan, I guess it's that time again. Uh, I can hear a steam engine pulling in again to the podcast. Looks like we're kicking off the show with some train now. Do we have any mail this time? We have a letter. Oh. All right, open it up. So, this letter's from Jim. He lives in Detroit. He asks, is Castaway Key 5K Run accessible for those who need support? Okay, that's a great question, Jim from Detroit. Thank you very much for uh, writing in to us. So the 5K run in Castaway Key, so you can get to that via your uh, cruise ship. And Castaway Key is fantastic. And the 5K run is a great run, and you can do it at your own pace. And for those uh, who might need a little extra help or might be doing it in a wheelchair, Castaway Key is completely accessible. So uh, on a wheelchair or even uh, walking or however you want to enjoy it, um, Disney makes it fun for people of all ages and all abilities. And so it's completely accessible. Have you, did you do uh, the 5K run, Regan? I couldn't because I did have my puffer. Oh, yes, that's true. So Regan has uh, exercise-induced asthma, and she was unable to do the 5K run. We thought it wasn't safe at the time because it was about 32 degrees outside. I did the 5K run, and I saw lots of people um, walking. I saw people running, people running way quicker than me, and people walking a little slower than I was, and I saw people in wheelchairs enjoying it as well, and uh, scooters as well. So it, there's, there's the 5K run is something to uh, do regardless of uh, whether you walk, run, or enjoy it in a wheelchair, because it's an experience, it's not a competition. So well, Regan, I think we've answered uh, Jim from uh, Detroit's question there. And thanks, Jim, for writing in. Listeners, if you have a question, you can write into 
editionitpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we love feedback and uh, we'd be happy to answer your question and feature it on the podcast. So Regan, episode three here, we are looking at the various Disney kids clubs that are available on the Disney cruise lines. I know you are an expert on Disney kids clubs and I think a little later we're going to welcome Grayson into the episode as well to provide his feedback, but you're an expert, aren't you? Yes, I am. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Disney Kids Clubs? So, at the the cl- Kids Clubs of the Oceaneers Lab and the the Oceaneers Club, uh, they provide you dinner at around six o'clock to six thirty. They will give you mashed potatoes, chicken fingers, French fries, and vegetables. And they sometimes provide you with ice cream. And uh, the people who work there are really nice. They called me. Canadian or Canada because every time I got in there the guy from Canada called me Canada because he can never remember my name so yeah so you you've enjoyed it right yes okay so for the listeners uh, out there you know the drill I kind of give a little bit of the parent info and but I think we're going to have a little bit of kid info on this segment and we're going to have the kids provide their own experiences. So families, Disney cruises have five kids clubs ranging from six months old to 18 years old. They are called It's a Small World Nursery, Disney Oceaneer Club, Disney Oceaneer Lab, The Edge, and finally The Vibe. So let's start with the Disney Oceaneer Club and Lab. So these are kind of both go together families, and uh, we're going to talk about them together. The D- Disney Oceaneers Club and the Disney Oceaneer Lab is for three to twelve year old, and if you need, and you need to be fully to- toilet trained. Yep. So no diapers in there. Kids, you can step into the worlds inhabited by some of your favorite Disney characters at the Kids Activity Center filled with surprises. So the Disney Oceaneer Lab is about learning and having fun, and the Disney Oceaneers Club is a pure Disney fantasy. It has character-driven performances, um, special storytelling sessions, larger-than-life play areas, dress-up opportunities, and cool interactive games that are going to make you happy and make your friends happy as well. The toys and games uh, are generally in an open seating area and uh, there's arts and crafts and ongoing Disney movies all the time. So there's never a really dull moment. And kids, remember, there's also you can enjoy lunch and dinner at the Ocean Oceaneers Club. Yeah, and you talked a little bit about that at the start. Uh, Parents attending the second dinner seating on the cruises can opt to have their child partake in the dine and play program. So your little one will receive their meals, like Riga mentioned earlier, um, earlier, and then they are escorted by the counselor to the youth club so the adults can enjoy their dinner at a maybe more leisurely pace. If you want to participate in the service, you can let your server know upon arrival at your dining reservation. So again, just make sure you're booking the uh, second meal on the cruises. So although theming varies from ship to ship, there's generally a common theme and sense of wonder and inspire in both the Disney Oceaneer Club and Disney Oceaneer Lab. Activity participation is based on the child's interest and level of maturity, not their age, though uh, they do offer recommendations for certain activities. 
So what this means is that siblings and friends of ages 3 to 12 can play together without restriction. And even if you have a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old, Disney will allow the 14-year-old into the Oceaneer Lab or Club or the 12-year-old into the older age group clubs as well, just provided mom or dad sign off on that. So while adults 18 years of age and older are only permitted in youth activity spaces when picking up their kids, they may visit the Disney Oceaneers Club and Lab during our youth activity open house. So they can come in and see it. And Regan, I've been in a few times to uh, see you in the kids' clubs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's always having fun there. Now, parents, you should note that the Disney's Oceaneer Club and Lab are connected and the children have the ability to move between the two spaces and enjoy each one's activities and offerings. But you can be confident that the youth activity counselors will be on hand to direct or escort your child from A to B as needed. So Regan, how do you get from the lab to the club? There is a tunnel connecting the two, but sometimes either the lab or the club, they'll be closed for open house. Open house is basically where parents can come in without signing in and just be with their child the whole entire time playing and the child shows them all the cruel tricks mm -hmm. they learn from it. And when that happens, the tunnel closes because they don't want a child to go to the other side when they're not signed in in case the parents get scared and lose them. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll talk about lost children in a little bit, but... I, I, so is it an actual tunnel that goes from one side to the other? Yeah, yeah. and on the one, the first I think it was the first Disney cruise, mm -hmm. the tunnel's really secret that you you can see people on the outside, but they can't see you on the inside. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. I didn't know there was a kid's uh, tunnel there, but it was pretty cool because both you and your brother mentioned it. Wow. Okay. So for parents, picking up your child is a breeze and secure too. Both the lab and the club entrance exit area is gated and it's usually staffed by two Disney cast members. I've seen three there too. They always apply the same security pr procedures, even it's if it's the ninth day of the cruise and they know you really well. They check your card and your picture in the system, the child's uh, magic band, we'll call it, and picture and the password that you may have set up at home. Yes, the kids get a magic band of sorts, which they can't take off. Pretty secure, parents. Uh, you can even allow your child to sign themselves out if you wish. When the child signs themselves out, you get an alert on your smartphone uh, through the Disney Cruise Line app. Um, now, my final piece of his security advice, which Disney does not tell you about, is the GPS capability of the magic band that your children are wearing. Every time you pick up your child, the Disney cast member knows exactly where they are in this massive club. How do they know that? GPS, folks. I once asked the cast member, how do you always know what game Regan is at? She said to me that the band tells her exactly where she is. So, of course, uh, being a parent, I said, uh, can you see us anywhere on the ship? And she said, no, no, just the club. And I smiled, took Regan, and we left. 
Now, parents, I'm pretty sure that the magic bands and the GPS tracking works outside the club and the lab. Imagine the benefit to Disney that they can see if one of those magic bands is in an, in an area of the ship that it shouldn't be, or even like maybe off the ship. So safety is key, and I suspect that they can see more than they're letting on. Let's move on to the edge. Great, Regan. So now let's talk about the edge. So the edge is for tweens who are 11 to 14 year old. Tweens have their very own place to play, make new friends, and participate in very uh, awesome activities. While the edge experience aboard each ship differ, the idea behind them is the same. Edge provides guests age 11 to 14 with their own special hangout where they can connect with other tweens around the world. Equipped with high-tech entertainment including flat-screen TVs, computer, video games, and featuring daily guide activities, an interact play space bound to become your tween's favorite on-ship destination. Wow, Regan sounds like so much fun. So you mean uh, you just don't hang out in the stairs and block people from doing their laundry or getting food? No. Well, okay. that seems like something Grayson would do, but not me. I usually play in, uh, uh, the ball game inside. Basically, you have to hit the ball and try to hit people's feet. If, they, person, if the ball hits the person's feet, they're out. Okay, so maybe when we welcome Grayson on, we can confront him on whether he's the type of person that hangs out in the stairs. Great, Regan. So the Edge's operating hours vary, but the Edge is open daily from about 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. usually. So families uh, should check their personal navigator or newsletter uh, or the Disney Cruise Line Navigator mobile app while on board the ship for the exact hours. The Edge hosts a, way, a range of engaging daily activities led by Kula Disney counselors, from the ship-wise scaven, scavenger hunts and imaginative role-playing. These high-energy activities game are designed to inspire creativity and bonding and teamwork. Great, Regan. And some things which get you out of the stairways are, I think they got games like That's Hilarious, which is a spirit of Disney Channel. Uh, interactive game. They also have Heroes and Villains, which is very popular. Maybe you guys can talk about that in a bit. Crowning of the Couch Potato. Uh, I would probably win that. A Pirate's Life for me. Descendants Den DJ spinoff. They have lots of fun games there, Regan. Now we also have The Vibe, which is for 14 to 17 year olds. It has teen only dance parties to karaoke or just kicking it. There's tons of fun stuff to get hyped about. Well, the vibe experience aboard the ship differs. Again, the idea behind them is the same. Vibe, vibe provides guests, uh, 14 to 17 year old, with their own special space where they can break off from the family and connect with other teens from around the world. Uh, so it's designed with their interests in mind. Each lounge, lounge is laden with amenities and activities that will keep them engaged and entertained while encouraging them to mingle. Uh, families. Vibe is chaperoned by some of the coolest counselors at sea in a laid back way, which allows the teens to feel unrestricted, but also have that little bit of uh, supervision. The Vibe has a coffee bar for those who actually are into coffee and a wide selection of non-alcoholic beverages, smoothies, and so much more. 
The Vibe hosts a range of fun-filled activities, and the teens can choose themselves at the beginning of their cruise what they want to do. And it's designed to encourage active participation, peer bonding, and teamwork. And these activity games are a great way for teens to break the ice and get to know each other. Let's not forget our youngest cruisers. It's a small world nursery for the children six months to three years old. Yeah, so yeah, let's not forget them. So parents, you can safely enjoy grown-up time knowing that your little one is looked after and entertained by the counselors in It's a Small World Nursery. There they can play games, make crafts, watch movies, and even take a nap uh, while you embark on your own adventure. There's three distinct areas in the nursery. There's an acclimation zone, which helps the kids adjust to the new environment. There's a main play area, which has a 3D facade of uh, It's a Small World attraction filled with hidden interactive delights. And then there's a quiet room for nap. The floor itself there is traversed by a river and it's a soft surface so the kids aren't going to you know, hurt themselves. There's lots of toys, books, games, TVs going on there to keep the kids entertained. And the counselors there are some of the best on the cruise ship. And you can, apparently, if you wish to check your child, you can take a peek through an unnoticed window in the nursery um, so you can see your child where they won't be able to see you. And just so you know, while the activities in a small world's nursery are unscheduled and they will vary depending on your child's mood, Programs like movie time, story time, and arts and craft projects will keep your tot engaged and smiling from ear to ear. So daily operating hours vary. So again, you have to check your navigator or the cruise line navigator app when you're on board the ship. And because it's a small world nursery is very limited, uh, plan to book your child's stay as early as possible. So depending on your level on the cruise ship, so platinum, gold, silver, you can book in advance your reservation for It's a Small World Nursery. Now, I suggest if you're making reservations at Palo, I suggest you book your Small World Nursery as soon as you're doing your Palo reservation as well, because your timing to book will be the same. So I would encourage you to do both at the same time. Uh, Reservations can also be made on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, and during the open house on embarkation day and parents just so you know it's not free it's one hour minimum and for the first child it's 450 per half hour so that's nine dollars an hour uh, for the second uh, additional child it's four dollars per hour well regan that's a lot of information for the families listening at home So I think it's time that we welcome Grayson in. I'd like to welcome Grayson to the podcast. Hello, Grayson. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So, uh, Regan, your older brother's joining us today. So, Hi. Hi. So fantastic. A family affair here. And I think let's talk about the kids' clubs for a little bit. Grayson, so you've heard what we've talked about. What are your thoughts? Um... I agree with uh, absolutely everything. Um, cast members are absolutely amazing. Um, for me, with having a little sister, usually tag along with me. Um, I've gone probably through between the Edge and the Oceaneers Club about three or four times within an hour. Um, there is the really nice thing about it is it's such a big area, like the whole boat, and 
I sometimes get a group of friends together and we play sort of a hide-and-go-seek tag type thing. And it's it's really fun. I sometimes tag along, but usually tag along because I follow him completely everywhere he goes. I will never leave him alone. Yeah, well, you know what? It's good because you take care of each other, and sometimes mom and dad are off doing their own thing, and it's good that you guys are both together. Now, for the listeners at home, we have a 14-year-old here and a 12-year-old. Um, Grayson, now, you've been to The Vibe? Uh, yes, only yeah. for Open House, though. Okay, and you've yeah. been to The Edge? Yes. 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 And yeah. tell me about your experience in The Edge. Um, in The Edge, uh, the one really nice thing is that they have a self-serve ice cream near The Edge. So what we used to do is uh, go to the self-serve ice cream, get ourselves an ice cream, and then we'd watch people eat, like playing foosball or playing like Mario Kart, like games that you can have more than just two players. Yeah, and then finish our ice cream, and then we go ask the play, and then there's the odd time where they have, um, I forget what it was called, but basically it's like four square, except mm-hmm. there's some added rules with it. And, and so you, so just the ice cream, I want to get back to the ice cream because the listeners at home know I like ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like a cone, the soft serve? Yeah, it's a cone. Okay, so parents, I'm going to give you a pro tip. All right, so you go to where the you can get the drinks and the coffees, and you grab maybe six or seven cups, and you take them back to your room. And then when you want ice cream, and you get some spoons uh, just around from the pizza place, you get some spoons, you have the cups, and you have them in your room station. That's your first day mission job, okay? Day two, you want to get some ice cream. You go to the soft serve, and you fill up one of the cups with the ice cream you're getting double the ice cream in that cup than you would on a cone and you can eat it with a spoon so it's okay if it melts a little bit and that's my pro tip for the families out there now grayson you mentioned the counselors being awesome okay regan what is your experience you mentioned a little bit about uh being uh canada you were called (laughs) canada so did you identify with the counselor? Was was that like the special counselor on the trip that made it feel special? Like, tell, tell me a little yeah. bit about the counselors. There was two counselors, but there was one counselor. I forget his name, but he was also from Canada. He lived close to here. I think he lived in Branton or something like that. Okay. And he was super nice, and I would play ping pong with him. And every time I walked in, he knew, so he'll yell across the room, Canada! Ah, that's fine. Now, Grayson, did you have any special counselors that you, you remember? Um, not that I remember. Um, I did have one nickname. Yes. What and was that was th- and that was Griffin because no one actually was able to remember my name. Ah, so okay. I just went to that alternative. Oh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, so Griffin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you hang out in the stairways? Yes. So you did. So, but did the counselors work hard to try to give you activities to get you out of the stairways? Yes, um, there were times where we were very secretive. So basically, in our so on our last cruise, so this is on the Disney Fantasy. Um, when you go to the edge, there's a staircase that you have to go up, and then you get to the edge level. But the staircase keeps going to a little private area. So that's where we would be at, and that's I think at the thirteenth floor. So, Grayson, is this stairway that's on the fantasy, is it a secret staircase? Um, it's secret, but not really. You have it where it's a very good 
hide and seek spot because there is an elevator right beside it and then there's a staircase. You have two ways of escaping. Very, very good hiding spot. Wow, okay, bro, that's okay, great. Okay, Daddy, enough. We're gonna talk about this for days and days. We get it. You like talking. But we need to move on to our top three Walt Disney World rides. Well, that's great, Regan. Okay, so cut off again. I was just going to get into some more information, but I know the listeners are tight for time, and so we want to keep the podcast, you know, under 30 minutes. So that's fine. Um, Great. So it's time again, family, for our top three. And this one's a little different because Grayson is going to continue to join us for the top three. And this time we're going to be talking about our top three Walt Disney World rides. Now, we have three standards of excellence. We have third star, the second star, and the first star. So, Grayson, you're our guest on episode three of Dishnet Podcast. And so, what is your third star Walt Disney World ride? So, my third star is Splash Mountain. Um, It is a very calm ride. There is a 50-foot drop and it's really refreshing when it's like 30 35 degrees out and you have all that water just cooling you down it feels so good yeah that's a great ride uh, grayson and you know what it's actually a part of the waiting line is inside so you get to escape the sun too so that's a great ride one of my favorites as well thank you for that great number three star regan what's your number third three star so my number three star is a pretty new ride. It's called Slinky Dog Dash. And you can find that in Hollywood Studios. And you go to Sto- Toy Story Land, and that's the first ride you'll see. Yeah, that's a great ride, Regan. And I think for the listeners at home, we'll give you a little bit of a tip. That would be one, if you want to fast pass it, try to get it at night. It would be great uh, to do in the evening when it's a little bit dark out. And that's just a little bit of a tip from us here. Uh, Grayson, were you on that ride? Yes, I went on that ride. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. We enjoyed that. It was a good, good choice. So my third star is the first ride I ever went on on Walt Disney World is Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid. So it tells the story of Ariel. I think it's a fantastic ride. I love when they spin you a, uh, spin the clamshell around backwards and you go down into the water backwards and you get the rush of air, cool air on you and you feel like you're going underwater. It's one of my favorite rides there, and I always enjoy doing it. And it's not usually that busy, so it's one of those rides. If you if you want to fast pass, you can fast pass it later in the day uh, when you've used up your three already and you're just looking to rebook a fast pass, or you can um, wait in line earlier in the day. It's usually not that busy. So, Grayson, we're going to go on to our number two star. What do you have for us? So, I have... The Big Thunder Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, it is by far one of my favorites. Um, it has some sudden drops, and it gives you a little bit of a tickle tummy, if that makes sense. Like if you feel a little bit weird, but it really is a r- really good thrill. Great choice, uh, Grayson. Uh, one of my favorite rides too, and you'll see in a second. Regan, what's your number two star? So my number two star is the Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, wow. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that one. 
So the Rock and Roller Coaster is uh, in Hollywood Studios, I think. And it's basically a really fast ride. It's usually really busy when you're with a bunch of rock stars. And it's super fast. So if you don't like fast things, don't go on it. So that's the uh, Aerosmith ride. And uh, it's super fast. And it's quite enjoyable. We we do enjoy it, and I would recommend families if you can sit at the front if you if you can because you're going to get a little bit more bang for your buck there. Um, and something else about uh, rock and roll roller coaster is make sure you before you actually set off on it, make sure your head is all the way back because it does zero to sixty miles an hour in three point six seconds or faster. So I'm just going to say watch out for that. Great tip, Grayson. Thank you very much for sharing that. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Safety's key. Um, so my number two star is same as Grayson's, the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. One of my favorite rides there. It's a longer ride from the roller coaster point of view. So I enjoy that. I enjoy on a hot day, you actually feel like you're in the desert as you're waiting, going through that. So it's it kind of fits the mystique of the ride. It's a lot of turns and you feel that you're on a rickety a roller coaster, which you're actually not, but you have that feeling. And I just think it's an all around great ride. And I just enjoy looking at this stuff, even waiting in line. So that was my number two star. And if you were listening earlier, uh, listeners, uh, there was a high five that occurred when Grayson mentioned it. All right. So number one star, we're going to move on to our number one star. Grayson, guess what is your number one star? So I couldn't really decide between two, so I'm just going to say both. So Space Mountain, that is located in Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland, and Expedition Everest in, in, uh, I think it was Animal Kingdom, Uh, Space Mountain, because it is dark, like, so you can't really see anything, but you know that you're moving, and for me... Uh, the first time ever going on it was uh, our first time actually going to Disney. And I was at the front. I was in the very front mm-hmm. and I was very scared. I didn't put my hands up because I was afraid of all the scaffolding that's actually holding the rails up. Yep. So I didn't do that. And then uh, Expedition Everest, uh, by, far, by far one of my favorites. So you go up this uh, really long hill. And at the top, you sort of go down a smaller hill, and then you stop, and you have a beautiful view. So I recommend sitting at the front if you can, but it is absolutely beautiful. You can see Hollywood Studios. I think you can see Magic Kingdom off in the distance. Um, and then during that time, there is a track switch. So you're act- so then you go backwards down, and then you meet the Yeti, and then you sort of have to run out of the mountain, and then. You go down this really, really fast drop. It's so much fun. Thanks for sharing that, Grayson. That's your number one star, right? That's my number one star. It's a great choice. Regan, who do you have for number one? So I could also not pick between one for my number one. So, of course, if you guys watched or listened to our first one, I said Splash Mountain is my all-time favorite. But I also love also Exhibition Everest. And another thing about Exhibition Everest, when you have the track at the very top and is kind of broken because of the Yeti, uh, there's a lot of elastic bands. And people do that because when you go backwards down, all the hair goes forward. So that's why people take off the elastic bands on it. 
Oh, okay. So the is Expedition Everest your number one star? Yeah, and same as Splash Mountain. Okay, and those elastic bands are from your head whipping and the coming off your head. Oh, wow. Lucky, uh, I don't have that problem. <laughs> I don't have any here. Um, so my number one star is Avatar Flights of Passage, which is a ride you're definitely still going to have to fast pass. The lineup would be between an hour and two hours if you wanted to wait. Uh, Grayson's giving you the hand signal for four hours, and yeah, there's times where it's that long. Um, it's similar to Soren, but better. Um, you're actually riding one of the creatures that's actually breathing between your legs and there's a cliff on it where you feel like you're just dropping off the edge of the world, flying. An amazing ride, thoroughly enjoyed it and I can't wait to go back and enjoy that ride again. So those are our nine choices for uh, our top three to collectively. So any other rides we may have missed, kids, that we think has just got a lot of value? Uh, Grayson's uh, got one, I think. Yeah, so um, in Epcot Test Track, um, my favorite, I am a car guy at heart, and you basically design your own car, and then it gets put up against a series of challenges, and then you sort of follow it along its journey through that testing period. So, And mine is Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Yeah? And what do you love about it? Well, I like that it kind of shows the the people in jail with the bone and stuff trying to get the dog who has the key in the mouth and uh i think there's the guy in a waterfall when you drop down it's a water ride it has mist there it's really refreshing nice yeah that's true when you it's a big open area yeah um across from there is one of my favorite rides now it's not a ride it's more of an experience but the tiki room and it's near where you can get those Aloha Dole um, desserts, which is yummy. But I like the Tiki Room. It's never busy. It's air conditioning. And you can sit and watch a nice show with the birds, the, the mechanical birds, in the Tiki Room. And it's just fantastic. I enjoy that. So that's one of my hidden gems. One, to get out of the heat. Two, to enjoy a nice little 10-minute show. Three, to have a dessert nearby. And four, it's never busy. So it's a great place to go to in the Magic Kingdom. Well, Grayson, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's yeah, been a pleasure. Great. We really enjoyed having you on here and hope to have you on in an upcoming episode. Oh, we yeah, pre- for sure. We appreciate your advice and everything and guidance. So big thanks to Grayson for joining us on episode three of Dishing It. We're going to move on now to Daughter and Daddy Outside the Park. So, Regan, we watched the movie Onward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was exciting. Hey, what did you think of the movie Onward? It was really good. I still don't get why. So you need the Phoenix gem. But they had the legs for 24 hours, so they should still have the top of their father for 24 hours. Yes, we're, so we're getting really technical on the uh, uh, questions regarding the reappearance of only half the body and the reappearance of the other half of the body at different times, and therefore the 24-hour period should apply differently. So we're really getting technical here with uh, Disney's uh, writing. Now, Regan... We, For those paying attention at home to uh, maybe an earlier episode of our podcast, one of the Disney Easter eggs was right at the end of this movie, just before the credits. And it was, there was a call out by the 
police department over the radio that there was a A113 in progress. Now, that's a Disney Easter egg. It's in every Pixar movie, and we picked up. We were watching for it. We saw it at the end, and that's the studio where uh, Imagineers go to school, and it's Studio A113, and that was at the end. But every Pixar movie has it in reference or on writing somewhere in the movie, so we caught it right at the end. It was a great movie, Regan. Yeah. I liked the story. Uh, it was a story about brothers. Yeah. Yeah, and about siblings growing up together and just sometimes you don't realize what you have until it's almost lost and so i enjoyed the story it was good yeah yeah anything else going on well it's still the coronavirus or covid19 yeah so it's still going on so we're still still here at home but we're having fun right yeah how's school going very easy very so parents i hope you're at home i hope things are going well for you and uh, i know the first week is probably or first two weeks is probably a little hectic for everybody getting settled in with routines um you know i hope the parents uh, realize that uh, the teachers are doing their best to get content to you that's reasonable and they're learning as well themselves and i know parents it's uh, it's a struggle for you guys at home too possibly working as well so kids, give some advice for the kids. Be patient with your mom and dad. They're not your teacher, I know, but they are trying their best to help you. So being ready on time to learn, not talking back, being polite and respectful, and just being a, maybe a little proactive, which is a big word for showing some maybe uh, initiative, would really help your mom and dad uh, get through the next couple of weeks teaching you. We're lucky here. We got a teacher in the house and uh, we got two great kids that are working hard studying, so which is fantastic. So now it's time, Regan, for Walt's Wisdom. Uh, this segment is where we take a Disney quote and talk about it, what it means and how we're going to apply it. So should I begin, Regan, or do you want to? Uh, you can. You too. Okay. So my quote is a little bit different this week um, it's one from Walt Disney himself and here it goes there is more treasure in books than in all the pirates loot on Treasure Island what do you think that means Regan uh... there is more treasure in books than in all the pirates loot on Treasure Island you will you it's a tough one, isn't it? Books will get you farther than money. <laughs> yeah. So if, she got it there, folks. Uh, knowledge is more valuable than money. And that, I think that's where Walt's going with this. So if you read and if you study and if you learn and if you pay attention, if you do all those things, those experiences are far more valuable than any treasure, any money you can find. And I think that's a great quote. So I think it's something we can all do in our uh, daily lives. Regan, what's your quote? So mine is, I think I memorized it, but mine is, if you think it, if you dream it, if you believe in it, it's possible. Wow, and folks, she did memorize that. And yeah, that's a great quote. Wow. And so is that something that we should do in our daily lives? Yes. Yeah. And so in the coming weeks, how can we, how can we see us doing that? So... Being at home cooped up, uh, 
we can still dream things like possibly learn how to cook better, learn how to bake, keep your clothes neat in your drawer, uh, get on a more healthy diet, and all that jazz. So if we think something like one of those or something else, it's possible. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing that quote, Regan, and hopefully all the kids and parents at home are inspired by that. That's great. Well, Regan, let's wrap up episode three of Dishing It, the Daughter and Daddy podcast. I hope listeners enjoyed this episode. Me too. So what do we have in store for episode four of Dishing It, the Daughter and Daddy podcast? Let's talk about our top three favorite Disney characters and give them information about Four Wilderness Campground. Well, that's awesome. I think that's great. One of my favorite places that we went to. So I think we should sign off now from Studio A113. Listeners, you can get all the latest news and updates on Dishing It on Twitter and Facebook at Dishing It Podcast. And Dishing It is also on Instagram and YouTube as well. And families, as always, we reward listeners who listen to the end. A big thank you to Mrs. H for allowing us to record this podcast. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the great music. And thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to Dishna, the Daughter and Daddy podcast. Please remember to think, believe, dream, and dare. Goodbye, Goodbye family. Regan, I wonder if people are still listening. I hope so, because it's time for the extra magic minute. So what Disney Easter egg do we have for the listeners who didn't edition it, the Daughter and Daddy podcast yet? Well, it is a ride Easter egg for the kids. You want to beat mom or dad and get the highest score on Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin? Keep your eyes out for the red bot and claw in the first room. These surprise targets are worth 10, 100,000 points each. If you keep shooting them, you'll get get your score very, very high. Great, Regan. Now my secret's out of the bag. Bye. Bye.